Hello, you mindful mamas, and welcome back to Enlightenhood. I'm your host, Alina Lemos, and today we are talking about our wombs with starseed shaman and sorceress Ahina Rose. Listening back to this conversation, I realized I have not said the word womb as much in my lifetime as I did during this conversation. And that makes me a little sad because, you know, I feel like we forget how disconnected we are from our bodies and how disconnected our bodies are from the earth and the healing energies of the earth. And this conversation with Ahina just really made me realize how we... In order to be our full feminine, powerful selves, we really need to step back into that sink and that harmony. And she gives some really good advice about how we can heal all that ancestral karma that's holding us back as women and how we can really take the energy and the plants that the earth is offering us to help heal our bodies and really step back into that harmonious feminine energy. So here is Ahina. So I guess what I really need to know is where did we lose that connection historically with our wombs? Ah, yeah, that's a really powerful question. Um, When I look back on history and when I like tune into my own womb, I feel that we lost our connection to our wombs when we became a society based on agriculture and we became a patriarchal society and we stopped working as a tribe and there, the moon lodge, the wisdom of the moon lodge and the red tents um, kind of faded away and women became more dependent on men to provide for them because that's the structure of society that was created. And so we really stopped tuning into our wombs and giving ourselves that time to just go deep into reflection and connect with the divine, connect with the mother and the moon and our own wombs. For the the red tents, is that where women went to have their menstrual cycles? Yes. So it was said that women in the tribes, we were all in sync with one another and with the moon. So usually it would be on the new moon. We would excuse ourselves from our duties and we would go into the red tent for about four days and we would just nurture and nourish ourselves and our sisters and we would take time to just rest and reflect and meditate and eat and take care of our bodies and our spirits and then we would emerge and we would usually emerge with wisdom that we would receive during those four days for not only ourselves but for the tribe as well. Wow so what is ancestral lineage karma and how is it messing with our wombs? Well, to kind of explain that, um, we need to have the understanding that when we are in our mother's wombs, we're carrying our eggs. And so when our mother was in our grandmother's womb, we were also in our mother's womb and our grandmother's womb. So there's this deep cord that connects us, not only like spiritually and emotionally, but on a physiological level to our matriarchal lineage. And so whatever our grandmother was feeling was not only passed down to our mother, it was also passed down to us. And whatever our mother was feeling is passed down to us. And then it's passed down to our children. 
So this is like the karma that gets passed on and repeated until someone is finally able to become aware and conscious of it. And in my experience, it took motherhood to really like dive in and have self-analysis of looking at where is this habit and pattern and behavior coming from? Is this coming from me and my values and who I am? Or is this something that I'm playing out that is wounding of my ancestors that's just been programmed into me? through the connection I have with my ancestry and my womb. So how can we begin to even recognize that and start to heal it? Well, powerful practice that I found is when something is arising, you can just ask yourself, is this mine or is this someone else's? And just tune in to what you feel in your body in that moment. Is this true for me? Is this my behavior? Is this my values? Are these my actions? Or is this something that I'm playing out for my ancestry to be healed? And so when we can kind of just have the awareness around it, that's when we can go into the clearing of it. And usually the best time to clear is when we are on our moon cycles. That's the time to do a lot of ancestral clearing for ourselves and for the last seven generations and the seven generations moving forward. And so then how do you clear it? How do you clear it? That's the ultimate question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Being really present with it, acknowledging it and having the awareness of it, honestly, is how you clear it. So I highly recommend doing ritual. Um, That's one of the fastest ways to alchemically transmute whatever is going on, especially if you can create a container where you're inviting your ancestors in to witness and hold and support you through the process. And specifically using the element of fire because fire is a very transmutation, transformation element. So it can just burn through things very quickly and incinerate them. And um, it's like the the phoenix rising from the ashes, you know, so it's like you can burn these things and then it removes them from your space and you're able to be reborn. So tell me about your Wake the Womb course. Yeah. So Wake Your Womb is a five-week course and circle that is designed to help you reconnect to the moon and womb. So we will go through the four different feminine archetypes in association with the phase of the moon. And we will clear, connect, calibrate, and create in those four weeks together. And we'll sit in a sacred sisterhood circle where we are able to share and process and be really vulnerable and open about the experiences that are coming up for us. And you'll be given weekly teachings and rituals and meditations and journal pumps to really go deep into the self-analysis that is needed and heal yourself and your lineage and be supported by sisters so that we can heal the sisterhood wound, the witch wound, and really rise into our power and our sovereignty together. Wow. Um, Could you tell me a little more just how connected we as women are to the moon? Yes, this is very important, Um, especially because I feel like when we learn about the moon phases and cycles when we're in school and in science, we're never taught directly the link that there is between us and the moon. And if we 
look at the ocean, we see that the ocean is pulled by the gravitational force of the moon. So we'll have higher tides on the full moon, and then the tides go out and there's a lower tide around the new moon. And if you consider that our bodies are made up of 80% water, I mean, it's just common sense that um, the same pool that affects the ocean would, would affect us, right? And so... And again, back when we were a tribal society and we had the red tent, our cycles were very in sync with the moon. And that's when we bled with the new moon and we would ovulate with the full moon because that's when the earth is fertile. And so we were just a part of nature and we were a part of the seasons and the cycles within the earth and the solar system. Wow. That's really powerful. So how, how do we begin to reconnect with the earth and the moon to really continue to heal our wombs? Yeah, um, my first recommendation would just be to get outside and to really breathe deep because a lot of us are breathing so shallow. We're not really sending our breath all the way down into our wombs and expanding our bellies and contracting our bellies and just letting this life force um, sustain us and move through us, um, our bodies especially. And when we can really connect with the earth and know that like we're grounded and we're supported and we're held by the mother, that is also another way that we are really then able to go deep into whatever ancestral karma we're trying to clear because the mother wound is the is the wound of all is like the basis of everything um and so when we like feel really safe enough to go into that and know that regardless we're not abandoned and we are held and we are supported that's when we're capable of fully clearing and what effects have you seen i mean i know you help women do this a lot so what effects have you seen once they go through this ritual process yeah, well, um, this last course I just held in March uh, called Wake Your Womb, the woman that completed the course had profound transformational results. So one of them was struggling with infertility, and she just now was able to conceive. And I had another woman who was really struggling with a lot of physical um, effects and illness in her body from the disconnection in her womb. And she was able to heal herself and bring back her sexual libido and really like stand in her in her power and um, no longer be a victim of the circumstances that were caused and created by this disconnection. And then the other women were able just to really be present with what was going on and process through it and then step up again into their power. And so it was such a beautiful process to witness just everyone really speaking their truth and finding their voice and being able to to stand in that and find sovereignty. Wow. That's truly amazing. So when we were talking before, you told me how you've really been on this spiritual journey for the last nine years. So can you tell me how it started? Yeah. Um, since I was a child, I've always been very feminine, very sensual, very connected to the earth. And I had to go through the journey of having that suppressed by the Catholic belief that I was raised with. And it was probably when I was about 15, I really started to question things. And I started to wonder, like, 
you know, there's this father figure that is so praised in religion, but I just felt like something was missing. And I knew it was the divine feminine, but I couldn't really articulate that or understand that yet. And um, I was just feeling like this longing and this yearning. And then in 2012, um, life initiated my dark night of the soul. And I got into a really horrible car accident that completely transformed my life and really made me sit alone in self-analysis and look at what was missing from my life and what I was seeking outside of myself and just return within to find the answers. And that's when I really reconnected to that feminine essence that I carried as a child. And I went back onto my spiritual path and found divination again, started connecting to nature again, started opening myself up and asking for help, looking and receiving mentorship from um, shamans and medicine people. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. And how was that received by your family? Well, initially they thought I was fucking crazy if I'll be honest <laughs> because you know I was I grew up in a traditional like Catholic Christian home where we ate like the traditional American diet and after the car accident I like just went on this completely different path and I really started eating healthy and eating clean and being like no I'm not gonna eat those GMOs I'm gonna eat this healthy organic plant-based diet and they kind of scrutinized me like who the hell are you now? Like, what? What are you, what are you doing? What are you talking about? And uh, it was not well received at first, but now that I've really taken that path, and you know, at first I kind of really had to rebel and I was a rebel without a cause for a little bit, but that has led me to my cause. And now that I have my cause and they see what I'm working towards and they see how me liberating myself and giving myself permission to speak and speaking my truth is now like having a ripple effect on other women and the medicine that I make is helping people. And so they see that. And I think that they've started to have a lot more respect for me for like stepping out of the box and really doing things differently and marching to the beat of my own drum. Wow. That's so good to hear. Did you always live in Hawaii or did you choose to move there? Yeah, that's a great question. No, I have not always lived in Hawaii. I chose to move here um, two years ago. I went to Big Island for a vacation, um, a retreat actually. And I'd been living in California in the Bay Area and I was just getting really tired of it. Um, The energy was becoming too much for my nervous system and just didn't feel like where I belonged. And so I just kept putting the prayer out to spirit like where where do you want me where am I meant to be where can I be in service where's my home is what I was really looking for and um it's on the big island and just became very apparent like you're meant to be on these islands and I was like okay and so I sat with that and then they told me the exact island I'm meant to be on and I said okay and so I left uh, the big island went back to California started looking for a place and found one and packed all my stuff sold the rest of everything and bought a plane ticket and within two weeks I was on the island wow I just made it happen did you have your son at that time I did he was two years old almost two oh wow Mm -hmm. wow 
to put such trust and faith into your true self. That's really amazing. Yeah, it was really scary because I was making a huge leap leaving what I had known and like the friends that I had in California to move somewhere where I like I literally knew one person because I'd met them when I was on vacation. And then I heard and I never even really hung out. And so I was like, I'm just going into this completely blind and having to trust. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And then how hard was it to really just not knowing anyone and being in a new place to really start to build what you knew you were meant to do? Um, It was incredibly hard. And it's taken me really about a year to fully commit and align to it just because I was getting acclimated to being here and being here honestly brought up a lot of things for me to really be present with and heal within myself before I could move forward and helping others. So, um, it's taken a little while and it's really taken working with the plants as well. That was like a huge doorway and initiation that I had to walk through before I can be more in service because working with the plants and creating that medicine is a huge part of my work because they're there to help support as well. Wow. Do you grow all the plants that you use for your medicines? Um, I, yes, I grow the mugwort, I grow nettle and then everything else I go and forage from the land. I find places where it grows and yeah, I make medicines with it. <laughs> and then what's the most common way that you put the, them into the medicine? Is it through capsules, drying, um, in teas? Um, there's a couple different forms. I kind of tune in with the plant or the flower and ask what wants to be created with it. So like initially it started with the mugwort. And when I started growing her, she was very clear, like, you're going to grow me, you're going to harvest me, you're going to dry me, you're going to make an infused oil. And then you're going to make a salve with that oil. And that's going to be like a womb salve. Women can rub on their womb and use externally. So I started doing that. And then I started making rose essences because there's lots of roses growing wild here. And then I was instructed to make a yoni steam blend, which is a bunch of dried herbs. And now I'm making different tinctures, which is just taking the fresh herb, preserving it with um, vodka that's made here on island. And that can be taken in the tincture form um, internally. So, yeah. (laughs) So you're living your truth. How do you transpose that into motherhood? Yeah, that has been a really intricate one for me. Um, I'm a single mom. So I'm not only playing the role of demonstrating the feminine to my son I'm also demonstrating the masculine to him as well and it's been something that I've had to find balance in because for a long time I was like pushing the masculine away especially like the structure and discipline and so being a mother has like helped me implement both of them and come into union within myself so that I can role model that for my son and I just do it by Um, teaching him everything that I feel I wasn't taught. So we go out into nature and I'm teaching him all about the plants. And, you know, when I'm hugging him, I'm like teaching him, this is how you hold and touch a woman. And when him and I speak together and we conversate, I'm just teaching him all these different aspects about how 
we're meant to be in connection with each other essentially so that he can then go on and imply that in his own life. I I like how you're already teaching him how to treat and interact with women, especially in this day and age. Yeah, that was very important for me when I found out I was having a son. I see so many wounded men and how it affects how they show up in the world and how it affects their relationship with the feminine. And I knew, okay, I am the demonstration for how my son is going to relate to the feminine. And I'm in no way perfect. I have my own triggers and wounds that I have to work through with him. But even when him and I have a moment, I always come to him in reverence. And I'm like, you know what? Mommy's only human too. I make mistakes. Can you forgive me? I apologize. I love you. And I like say that to him and I acknowledge him as a, as a being instead of just like trying to sweep it under the rug and act like it's okay. I really come to him and let him know, like, you know, whatever happened wasn't maybe handled in the right way, but we're learning and we're moving forward. And can you forgive me? And he always says yes. And then we hug it out. It's beautiful. That is really beautiful. One of the most amazing things I've heard about parenthood is treating your child like they're a soul who has lived for several lifetimes already. And it sounds like that you're doing that. Yeah, totally. I knew from the second that he was laid on my chest and I just looked down at his little face and I'm like, this is not a baby. This is an old man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. So let's talk a little bit about your medicine and the the amazing things that you make. So what are some of the herbs that can really help with women's health? Yeah, I mean, there's a huge spectrum of herbs that can help with women's health. And it really comes down to each individual woman and what she's experiencing in her body and the symptoms that she has. So I feel like one of the herbs that in general can help every woman is nettle. Mm-hmm. And this is just because it's filled with tons of different vitamins, minerals, and it's full of protein. So it's a good basis to start from. It has a lot of iron and vitamin C, which is good for women who suffer from anemia or fatigue, which most mothers do. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it also helps um, healthy blood circulation in the body as well as like it's anti-inflammatory. So it's very good supportive herb to start with what are some other ones that just talking about the womb as a whole that can help really heal help you feel more connected and just promote overall womb health yeah mugwort um is my recommendation for that mugwort is the herb that is associated with the goddess artemis who is the protector of women and children And she's also connected with the moon. So she helps us to really tune in with our womb, hear our womb wisdom, speak from the voice of our womb. And if we're having any irregular or painful menstruation, she helps to balance and regulate that by getting rid of the stagnant energy in our womb and increasing circulation through our womb. So she really helps us to clear whatever is... um, stuck in our womb, whether it be like ancestral karma or our own limiting patterns and beliefs, or just we're not really shedding all of our menstrual blood, any of those things, she just helps flush it out. And she also helps with lucid dreaming. So 
that's something that can be really powerful for people that are looking to use their dreams of medicine. They can use the mugwort as well for that. So for all the mama listeners out there who have teenage daughters who are starting to have that conversation about their own bodies, what is your recommendation for approaching that? Really to explain and have them understand that number one, their menstrual blood is not gross because there's a huge taboo that's been created in society that our menstrual blood is disgusting, it's dirty, it's gross. Like we don't want to touch it. We don't want to see it. We don't want to talk about it. So kind of just to eliminate that and have them understand that this is a gift, you know, your period represents a life uncreated. And for them to really know the sacredness of that, like you are a part of the cycle of death and rebirth in your own body. And for them to have honor and respect for that. I love the way you said that the cycle of rebirth and death within your own body, because I don't think I have ever thought about it like that, but it really is. And when you sit back and you think of it that way, it truly is such a sacred thing. Yeah. It's beautiful. I didn't used to think about it like that either. And just through really connecting with my own menstrual blood and my cycle, I've spirit has just been teaching me these things, this wisdom and just the remembrance of when we used to practice ritual with our blood has come through so strongly. And I just always come back to the Hopi prophecy that stated that if every woman is giving their menstrual blood back to the earth, no blood will be shed for more and all of the men will come home. And it's so true because the blood that comes from our wombs, from our vaginas every month when we bleed is encoded with love. It's not encoded with violence, like the bloodshed from war. And so it gives a different exchange of energy when we give it to the earth and we allow the earth to compost it for us. I've never even thought about it that way either. That's really powerful. Do you feel like men feel uncomfortable around talking about the womb? I feel some men do. Men that I may be like in that programming that I was talking about of like periods are disgusting. We don't talk about it. It's hidden. It's secret. It's taboo. But a man that's really in tune with his own feminine energy and understands, then he can hold space for that. And he can understand like, this is the process that this woman needs to go through right now. And he can have honor and respect for her because She's doing a substantial amount of work to not only clear for herself, but to clear for her lineage, to clear for the earth. She can hold his prayers, especially if they're in an intimate partnership and they're having sex. Then she is now doing the clearing for him and his lineage as well. And if they have children for their children. So it's very powerful. Yeah. Like so many men are just uncomfortable with women's reproductive anything that it really is going to take a shift to have them be more in touch with the feminine side of it all. But that's why there's people like you who are helping to awaken and see the power power and the sacredness of it all. Yeah, definitely. I know that's what I'm put on this earth to do. And it's hard in moments because it maybe doesn't resonate with people or people see me as a little bit too woo-woo or witchy or like, too much and out there but you know I just have to say 
I've spent my life playing small for way too long and suppressing who I truly am. And that doesn't honor me and that doesn't honor spirit and source. And so I have to be who I came here to be, regardless of what people are going to think or judge me for. And how amazing it is that you're helping so many women. I mean, the the women's circles and the life that women who went through these healing of your of their wombs is just a testament to your power and what you were put on this earth to do to help others. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so I like to end this podcast with just some words of encouragement for anyone out there who is having a bad day or just needs to pick me up. What are your words of wisdom? My words of wisdom are to have self-acceptance for where you are and what you're feeling and not discredit or dishonor them, but to really just be with them, be present and allow yourself, give yourself permission to be and feel where you are regardless and to hold and have um, unconditional self-love and compassion for those things as well. And know that this too shall pass. And if you're needing support, don't be afraid to reach out and ask. Like we all have times where we need help or we need to be held and it's okay. And, you know, it doesn't make you weak. It actually really makes you strong to be vulnerable and allow someone to give you what you're needing so that you can receive because as women and as the feminine, we are meant to receive. And I think that's one thing that society has discouraged in us and taught us like it's not okay. And it really is. So I just want to remind you that you have permission to receive and accept yourself. Thank you for listening to Enlightened Hood, a movement that empowers mindful motherhood and sees the beauty in every woman's why. If you would like to be part of our community, find us on Instagram at Enlightened Hood and subscribe to this podcast where we put out new episodes every Monday and Wednesday.